From the birthplace of radio's greatest era. Now, from New York, it's Radio Night Live with Kevin McCullough. Unlike anything else on radio today, it's a front row seat for great information with today's leading experts. Travel with a third generation travel icon, Linda Perillo. The Fox News Medical All-Stars featuring Dr. Mark Siegel, Dr. Marty McCary, Dr. Jeanette Nishwat, and the OG, Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Legal analysis from former prosecutor and court journalism superstar Imran Ansari and Christine Nicholas. The quintessential heartbeat to New York hospitality. All joining legendary broadcast pro Kevin McCullough on a mission unlike any other. United to bring back New York. Now, live from Studio 111, here's Kevin McCullough. All right, welcome. It is Radio Night Live, legal night, and there he is, Imran Ansari. Always glad to see him at the uh, kind of kind of the end of the of the Thursday each week. But uh, Imran, uh, thank you for being here, and thanks for coming out to our big pastors event today. I know a lot of uh, listeners were uh, were surprised to see you and Arthur there, but since you're on WMCA on Saturdays now, it was fun to have you there. Yeah, it was a great event, and it was great to see you up there. Uh, sort of emceeing uh, and doing a great job. And, you know, it was Thank the you. whole AM970 uh, family, uh, WMCA family. It was just a great uh, event and a lot of energy in that room. <laughs> a lot of energy. Arthur Arthur gave a, a brief presentation about <clears throat> the contrast of the kind of boring Catholic service he goes to <laughs> and <laughs> the jamming Christian uh, Cultural Center uh, worship team that they had there today. And it was jamming. And yeah. it was almost jamming against uh, all odds because for some reason there were like little monkey demons in the sound system and they couldn't get it going for the longest time. We started about 20 minutes late, which was just making Jerry and Laura Schaefer pull their, you know, limited amounts of hair out of their head. But uh, anyway, it was great. It was great. You were, did you get to talk to a lot of listeners? Yeah, I had a few conversations, uh, Kevin. It was, uh, you know, a lot of people were uh, happy to see us, ha- obviously happy to see you and the whole uh, radio uh, station team there it was great, um, and some really uh, great people were there. Really heartfelt, uh, you know, compliments to all the shows and all the programming. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I had to run out of there just because I had a meeting back in the office. Well, you got but it was great. It was great job. to be there. Yes, but you've got how how long have you been on now on Saturdays? It's only been about three shows. Okay, so we're yeah. still in the first month here of the of the launch, which I thought was, right. yeah. So I hope that uh, I hope they made you feel welcome. Uh, everybody else felt welcomed, and um, it's always a big, big thing. It's, it's our our biggest event of the year between the two stations. And uh, if you didn't make it, friends, if you're a pastor, you know a pastor, and you didn't come this time, well, shame on you. Come next year, we'll do it again next year. It's just our way of saying thank you to a lot of these people. And Imran, I know that this touched Arthur's heart too, but. Those people that were in that room today, you know, when we talk about the breakdown in society, <clears throat> we talk about the breakdown of the home and the breakdown of the legal system and the breakdown of of so much in some of these neighborhoods, it is oftentimes a church, uh, a pastor, a youth pastor, somebody that comes alongside these kids that uh, helps them avoid, you know, some of the worst decisions in life. And uh, I liked something Arthur said from the stage. He said, uh, he said, you want to you want to drain the prisons, pack the churches. Yeah. <laughs> That's a that's a pretty good uh, idea. Put some good things in people's life and see if it doesn't change uh, some stuff. But anyway, um, well, thanks for coming. It was it was a pleasure to have you, and I hope that uh, lots of people will listen to Imran Ansari and the Legal Lowdown Saturdays at noon. Um, and by the way, I don't get paid for promoting it. I just I promote it because I like my buddy, and I, I want you to listen to his show. So, well, I thank you, Kevin. Saturday at noon. All right, I've been dying to talk to you all week because there's so much legal stuff going on, and you've got um, you've got literally just so many different big stories going on. Is there an update? Let's start with this. Is there an update in the case of the what I'm calling the Subway Marine, the guy that um, put that feller in a chokehold, and then the they came and he went to the hospital. And he died later at the hospital. Uh, what's the latest on that story? Well. We believe that there's a grand jury that has convened and they're going to be hearing evidence as to what happened on that subway train. And really what it's going to come down to, Kevin, is whether uh, it can be shown that Jordan Neely 
was exhibiting, you know, signs of, of, you know, behavior and that was threatening to the extent that uh, the subway marine uh, would would act in a way of self-defense for himself uh, or defense of others on that subway train. That's going to be the legal question uh, as to whether his actions uh, amounted to justification or self-defense uh, or it amounted to uh, crossing the line. And, you know, we no one is saying that uh, Penny, uh, you know, his name is Daniel Penny, that Penny uh, intended to murder uh, Jordan Neely. I don't think that's the case whatsoever, right? Um, but there is going to be a question presented to that grand jury, most likely, as to whether uh, his his actions were criminal in the to the extent that they uh, really crossed the line of proportionality to what uh, Neely was presenting on so that So let train. me ask you on that yeah. point then, because I think that's an interesting uh, distinction. <clears throat> If they, if if the feeling is that the intent to end Neely's life was not a part of the equation, um, does that drop it from a murder one or a murder two? Does that take it down to the manslaughter range? Right. What's the what's the thinking there? Yeah, no, that would be a, a lesser charge of manslaughter, but the the real question here is is, the, is really the circumstances and whether the uh, that penny what was he looking at what was he taking in what was his subjective juxtaposed on the objective sort of uh mindset and frame of mind uh was jordan neely uh acting in a way that could present a uh a, a threat of imminent physical injury to those passengers or to penny well we see statements coming out from penny's attorney saying that he was in fear uh for his safety he was in fear for his life that uh jordan neely was acting in a threatening manner to uh that someone seeing that could have the reasonable belief that they're going to be uh subjected to some sort of physical harm that would allow that law of justification to kick in uh and self-defense of either himself or others on that train be exerted you know, it's going to be really down to what what those passengers on the train are going to be saying, uh, because they're all witnesses. It's kind of interesting that um, that that aspect of law exists, because a lot of the commentary about this story since it occurred has been, well, if it had just been a police officer on that train instead of uh, the former Marine, and the same things had transpired, then there wouldn't even be a discussion. He was just saving people that were that were on the train, um, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure there would be investigation or whatever, but I mean, use of force is uh, something that they usually take a look at. But I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, we're down to what, 32,000 active duty police officers right now. And I think that we've kind of optimally been somewhere in the 60 to 70,000 range, kind of at full force in the past. Right. And so there, there is this fear that if there's a guy acting weird and, you know, you hear horror stories about the train almost every day, um, when, when, do you, when do you engage to save someone's life? Now, right. let me ask you this. Is it relevant at all to the grand jury that Neely had been arrested 40 times for an assault that would have been very similar to what the subway Marine, Mr. Penny, yeah. thought he might be willing to produce here. I mean, I heard one story where he punched a 67-year-old woman smack yeah. in the face. I mean, what's, how does that play in the grand jury proceedings? Well, that's not going to necessarily play uh, any role because they're going to be considering what was happening uh, on that time. train. You yeah. know, did Pe did Penny know about that? No, right? So, uh, you know, that it, what's going to be uh, important for that grand jury is hearing evidence and testimony about how Neely was acting on that train and what's going to be relevant is were other people fearful for their for their safety for their life yeah. that would justify you know taking the action of putting him in a chokehold for that amount of time and listen people are very polarized on this event uh, we know that crime is rampant we know that the subways are are uh, full of people who are suffering from mental illness who present dangers to other people on that train uh but then and there's a lot of people the, riding them that are afraid of that group that you just described exactly exactly so but then you have a lot of people on the other side who are calling this uh you know a, a travesty of justice calling this a murder uh and how do you appease that well, you have Alvin Bragg, who's taking shots uh, for his actions uh, regarding, you know, hey, 
you know, my client, Jose Alba, was charged uh, for murder uh, when he was clearly defending himself. Right. Um, he's taking a lot of, uh, you know, criticism on that end for that incident. Um, and, you know, he's also taking criticism for the fact that crime is rampant in this city. Right. So how is he going to make himself a, uh, you know, take him out of the equation? He gives it to the grand jury. He's going to give it to the grand jury to decide. They're going to hear the evidence. He, they're going to hear uh, testimony. Ultimately, it's going to be in their hands of whether to bring charges or not. It'll be interesting to see where it goes. And, of course, we'll be here to cover it uh, on Legal Night at Radio Night Live. He's Imran. I'm Kevin, and we're coming right back. Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching the new MyPillow 2.0 with a special buy one, get one free offer. The MyPillow 2.0 offers a brand new temperature regulating technology that keeps you comfortable throughout the night. The new fabric dissipates heat and humidity to create a cooling sensation to maintain a, a cooler surface temperature. MyPillow knows core body temperature plays a big role in how well you sleep. The new fabric technology helps regulate your body temperature throughout the night by creating a lower surface surface temperature for a more restful night's sleep. Machine washable and dryable with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee and made in the USA. Just go to the radio listeners page at MyPillow.com, use the promo code AM970 or call 800-651-0798, 800-651-0798. Don't miss this incredible opportunity to buy one, get one free on the new MyPillow 2.0, 800 651 Oh, seven, nine, eight. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life. Every Sunday night, some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness, professional development, and personal well-being. They share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand and while you're there, read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. Perillo Tours is starting their 78th year in business. Join me, Jersey Joe, on a special Perillo tour to Italy. Steve Perillo and I have put together a very special Rome and Sicily customized tour. Three nights in Rome, plenty of time to see the most important sights, and a private dinner performance by yours truly. Next, fly to Sicily for three nights in Taormina with special day trips along the coast, including Savoca and Forza d'Agro for sites of actual filming events from iconic Godfather scenes, a wonderful wine tasting at Mount Etna, and then on to Palermo for three additional nights before flying home. Call Perillo Tours at 800-431-1515. Tell them you want to fly away with Joey to Sicily, baby. 800-431-1515 or visit PerilloTours.com. Like AM 970, The Answer? Then don't forget to like us on Facebook. Interact with us. Share your thoughts about your favorite shows. Give feedback to our hosts. Share your opinion on hot topics. Learn about events and more. AM970TheAnswer.com. AM970, The Answer. Listen to us online at AM970TheAnswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or Odyssey.com. Call in to The Joe Piscopo Show. And let your voice be heard. Hey, let me go to Tom and Boca or Tom. Your show is, in my opinion, the great American story. Joe Piscopo's father, the family, Al, everybody in your show. You guys put together a team. I love your show. Everybody's beautiful. We're very I... fortunate to have a great American story. Yeah. Joe Piscopo. Uh, Joe Piscopo. Weekday mornings from 6 to 10 on AM 970. The Answer. Back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. All right, we're back. Uh, Radio Night Live for Thursday. And again, thank you to any one of you that may be listening that came out to our uh, Pastors Appreciation event for our sister station, AM 570, a station that Imran and I both care about. 
Uh, you can catch me on that station at 3 p.m. every afternoon, and you can catch Imran every Saturday at noon on WMCA, uh, our sister station, AM 570, with the legal lowdown. But it's legal night here at AM 970, and we are uh, proud to be brought to you by Plaza College. Very thankful to have that partnership in place. Uh, we'll be speaking again with them next week. But Imran, let's move on to some other big uh, stories in the legal universe. We talked about the subway marine. The other story that's probably equally big is the civil judgment against uh, the former president, number 45, not on the charge of rape, but they said somehow he must have done something wrong. So we find, you know, a few million dollars for the plaintiff. What happened here? Yeah. So a jury came back unanimous verdict uh, considering civil counts, right? Civil causes of action that were brought against uh, Donald Trump under this new Adult Survivors Act that really opened well, uh, the- Yeah, and know. can I pause there for a second? Sure. Because this thing just came about like yeah. within the last year, and it just so happens that it's applicable to Donald Trump. <laughs> it seems like there's a long kind of series of consequences that kind of added up to being able to let this person make this charge against that guy yeah. right now. Right. Yeah. And Kevin, since you, you know, you brought this up, I have an uh, issue uh, with some of these claim revival statutes that we've seen in New York. There's the Child Victims Act. And let me be clear, uh, you know, sexual abuse against a minor is reprehensible. It's it's disgusting. It should never be tolerated. It should be prosecuted. Uh, and if there are civil cases to be had, uh, civil cases should be brought. Uh, but when a uh, claim is brought years years decades 30 years yeah At, after the fact and right we had the child victims act which was the first claims revival statute here in new york state which allowed you know people who are uh, uh, accusing others or institutions of sexual abuse as a minor to sue even though the statute of limitations were done the child victims act then beget the adult survivors act and that was passed. And now you don't have to be a uh, alleging child abuse or child you know, sexual abuse uh, to have occurred. You could uh, allege sexual abuse as an adult uh, even and, and, and bring a claim even though the statute of limitations are well passed, right? right? So now there's this claim revival statute and the floodgates of litigation, just like the Child Victims Act have opened and you have people bringing claims uh, that they were sexually abused or raped uh, under the civil context years, decades after the fact. And this is the problem, Kevin. Again, if you have a real claim uh, uh, that you were raped or abused by someone, you know what? You, you should get justice, right? If you have a real claim, you deserve justice. No one should tolerate anything like that. But the problem is, is that this has allowed people to dredge up claims and some of them are not uh, credible. No, uh, wait, in order somebody to get would make something up just to get money? Come exactly. on, that, that happens? Exactly. Right, and these are civil lawsuits. These are looking for money. This is looking for not someone to be thrown into jail, but the almighty dollar. Well, and, and what in happens, the civil side, isn't yeah. the isn't the bar, the bar to, to kind of win a little bit lower than, than what it is on the criminal side? Sure, so, you know, a prosecutor has to prove their case beyond a reasonable doubt uh, in the criminal context. Here's the, by the preponderance of the evidence. It's just, you know, let's just say you got two people telling you two different stories that he said, she said. If the she said, if, if that's the one who is, uh, you know, accusing someone of, of rape goes to 51%, if you're divided down the middle, then oh. guess what? They won the case, right, okay. in the jury's mind. So so what, what, what happened here, uh, Kevin, is that we have an issue, uh, not just with the Trump uh, verdict here, but just in general, they, if you were accused of something decades uh, you know, prior, how do you defend that? It's proving a negative. You don't necessarily have all the witnesses to back you up. You don't have uh, necessarily the documents to say, hey, I wasn't even there, you know, because that's all gone. So what these claim revival statutes have allowed, uh, you're really doing away with due process in many ways. You have a defendant who's defending against a claim and they may not be able to rebut it. And because we are in this climate, this Me Too uh, era, if you have a female such as uh, Carol, right, making a claim against Trump, uh, and she, just by nature of a Trump being Trump, 
maybe not getting a fair trial, uh, but also the fact that it's a female making a claim against a male in the Me Too era. You know, you're coming at that claim with your hands tied behind your back, and it's really hard to defend. Well, so now let's yeah. And if I if I recall correctly from this trial, and you probably covered it um, more on your television side, but I don't even think E. Jean Carroll even was able to prove that they were ever in the same location together, much less that he did any of the stuff that she had supposedly said had occurred. Right. And again, the 30 years previous and kind of not able to prove a negative. I mean, the fact that the... Um, they, they came back and they said, no, he obviously did not rape. Like we, we, we firmly don't think that happened. Yeah. But we think something happened. So she, they threw him, they threw her some money for the something, but you know how the press is playing that. Oh, well, he did it. <laughs> like, like they're not even saying the first part. They're just like, well, yeah, he, he did something. So he's got to pay. Right. So, you know, the, the civil claim of battery, Kevin, uh, you got it. You got to basically, in a nutshell, just to to put it in simple terms, you got to show that someone touched you in a way which was harmful or offensive, and you didn't want it, right? You didn't allow it. That's the civil claim of battery in a nutshell, in simple terms. So what what the jury was given uh, was a series of questions. The first one was, did Mr. Trump rape Miss Carroll? They found that she didn't prove that, so they didn't find for for her on that end. Right. Then the next one was, did Mr. Trump sexually abuse Miss Carroll? And they answered that yes, right? And that satisfied the civil claim of battery. Um, there was other questions. Did he forcibly touch her? And they said yes. Was she injured? They said yes. Uh, and they awarded her $2 million for that battery claim. Then they awarded her $3 million in damages for that defamation claim. He called her a con job and whatnot, right? So the bar is lower in terms of the burden of proof. Um, but you also have he's to- He's paying more for just telling, saying that she's not telling the truth <laughs> than, he's, than he was paying for what they supposedly found that he had done. Right, right, so yeah, yeah. But you know, the problem now is that the former president who has, you know, a whirlwind of legal issues surrounding oh, yeah. him as he trudges forward with his uh, candidacy. And we saw him at that CNN town hall really being uh, as defiant as ever. Uh, and you also classic, heard his base supporting Trump. it, yeah. you know, yep. as, as, as stronger than ever. So even though he's getting hits from all sides here on the legal end, right, he's still going forward. And it seems like his supporters are rallying against, uh, uh, rallying well, it behind It was him. kind of funny because the, uh, the, the woman who was doing, I forget her name, that was doing the town hall last night, asked him something about, you know, what do you make of this? He's like, my poll numbers went up. Like, like he's not, if they think that they're gonna kowtow this guy back into yep. a corner and he's gonna like suddenly become like a docile puppy, like it's just, that's just not how he, he wages his battles. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Yep. Hey, we gotta take another break. Uh, we've got lots more legal stuff to get to, including one of the most interesting cases that I've seen hit the Supreme Court in a very long time, and they gave a unanimous judgment for it. Uh, we will get to that and other things, plus Esquire etiquette before we're done. Don't go away. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. There has been a key delay. The White House now says President Biden's follow-up meeting with congressional leaders on averting a potential default has been postponed until sometime next week. Elon Musk has chosen a new Twitter CEO. He has not disclosed the identity of the new executive yet, but he does say she will take over in a few weeks. A man accused of killing one person, wounding five others in a shooting at a Southern California church last year, has now been charged with dozens of federal hate crimes. And the Florida judge who oversaw the penalty trial of the Parkland mass murderer is resigning. Circuit Judge Elizabeth Schur has submitted a resignation letter to Governor Ron DeSantis, saying she will step down June 30th. This is SRN News. Want more AM 970 The Answer? Go to am970theanswer.com to listen live. Tune in to podcasts from the shows you missed anytime you want. Learn more about our advertisers. Join the AM 970 Fan Club and sign up for events. am970theanswer.com.
This is Dennis Prager inviting you to join me for an extraordinary travel opportunity that will be the highlight of your year, maybe a highlight of your life. Mike Gallagher and I are headed back to Israel this October for the Stand with Israel tour. Join us along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours, as we uncover important geopolitical sites and show you Israel's significance on the world stage. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com to register or call 855-565-5519. Increase your investment knowledge in a unique way this year. Join us on the 2023 Eagle Financial Publications Cruise along with The Money Show. Visit EagleFinancialCruise.com for details and to secure your cabin. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. For over a century, local broadcasting has evolved with the needs of the community. We move past the stigmas of opinion journalism and bring the most relevant news online, on air, and on the go. You have trusted us with your news, sports, weather, and entertainment. Trust us to keep moving with you. Text RADIO to 52886 and tell Congress local broadcasting is here to stay. I'm super excited about the conversation I just had with Alex Kinsella over at Route 22 Toyota. He was catching me up on the landscape of the automotive industry, and I got to tell you, he really seems to have it figured out. Alex and his entire team over at Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey, makes the entire car shopping experience easy. He let me know that while inventory levels are far from perfect, they finally got a nice selection of new cars over at Route 22 Toyota, including RAV4 and Highlanders. Plus, they're holding inventory inventory for local New Jersey residents versus selling them to people calling from out of state. Call Route 22 Toyota at 973-705-8905 and let the team show you one of the area's largest selections of new Toyota vehicles. And be sure to check out their huge selection of pre-owned and Toyota certified used vehicles while you're there. That's 973-705-8905. And remember to tell them that Joe Piscopo sent you. Take your investment knowledge to new heights this year on the 2023 Eagle Financial Publications Cruise. Join us along with The Money Show on a luxury voyage to the Caribbean and learn from top financial experts like George Gilder and Mark Skelson through workshops and seminars. Relax and refresh, all while discussing investment strategies with like-minded individuals. Secure your spot today at EagleFinancialCruise.com. That's EagleFinancialCruise.com. Eagle Financial is a division of Salem Media Group. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. Always going, don't know where. Always showing I don't care. Don't love nobody, it's not worthwhile. All alone, I'm running wild. And now, from New York, Radio Night Live, here's Kevin McCullough. Kevin McCullough and Imran Ansari back on Legal Night. Thank you for being there, and uh, thank you for hanging out with us on a very one of my one of my favorite nights of the week because we always get to talk about the coolest stuff. And then because I get to pick one of the brightest legal minds in all of America, and Imran Ansari, I learn a whole bunch. I hope you do too, Imran. Uh, tomorrow, I think it's tomorrow. Uh, Title Forty Two is no longer the law. They've been showing on some of the channels the lines of people that are already lining up uh, to kind of storm the border. Yeah. Uh, what do you make of what what can we expect out of this over the next 48 hours? Sure. I mean, I think it's going to be a floodgate uh, of migrants at the border um, and then a collapse in terms of an, the infrastructure here in in the in our country uh in uh that would be able to support that uh in well they're already seeing that so like yeah. in el paso and some of the other border towns they're already like screaming national emergency because right. literally like every doorway in el paso has a family camping out in it like you know when they're done with business like they go set up their sleep you know their little uh, habitational quarters there in the doorway of whatever business it is it is a really kind of I have to imagine it's frightening for all people. I, I would think it's frightening for the business owners because there's just all these people that we don't know who they are. But this, I think it's also got to be frightening for the migrants because this has to feel very, very unstable for everyone involved. 
Absolutely, because listen, these are human beings. And, you know, largely the majority of, of those at the border are coming from uh, countries where they're not getting the opportunities, the care, health care, the, uh, you know, upward mobility that they may get here in the United States. Um, and, you know, you got to think the majority of them are, are just looking for a better life, right? But the fact of the matter is that we have laws in place uh, in order to make sure that the immigration process coming here to the country is an orderly one and that we don't uh, over sort of stack uh, the um, what what this country can handle in terms of infrastructure, housing uh, and other, you know, aspects. Right. So we're already seeing the way New York is buckling under the pressure of the migrants and we're, we're you know the city wants to send uh the bus loads to rockland county orange county and you know there's th we have to be real with ourselves that even though we may want to allow um those who are just seeking asylum like bona fide asylum and they really uh have a threat back in their home country that they are they legally in, are entitled to asylum here you know we want to help them we want to open the borders to those individuals who deserve it but then this is something which is you know perhaps taking advantage of our asylum laws uh and you know manifesting itself in a way uh where we just can't handle it and kevin there's a swath of jobs we have to be real with ourselves though um in our country that we rely in many ways uh on some of these people uh in order to fill a void in uh the sort of the the echelon of of jobs uh, that are not being filled by americans uh and i'm talking about citizens who are not taking those jobs those are the you know the jobs in the fields uh picking fruit you know the jobs you know who, the guy who's you know washing dishes in the diner on you know whatever 60th street uh, overnight but how do you accommodate those people who are here uh, just to make a better life for themselves and make a living but doing so by virtue of the law and under the the law and at what we have in terms of the um a structure and procedure in order yeah. to do so you know well, i think what so. a lot of people that listen to this debate don't understand is that if you actually look at the legal immigration numbers we have one of the most generous legal immigration policies of any country on the planet yeah uh russia doesn't take people germany's not taking people france isn't taking people japan's not taking people right um but we do and we take almost legally two million people a year yeah almost almost two million people legally that go through the grinding uh process and it is a hard one i i dated a girl uh for a while after college who uh her whole family were becoming um you know uh, legal citizens and they had immigrated from uh the eastern bloc uh, of europe and they you know were escaping uh the the harsh crackdowns that were in their country etc cetera, etc cetera. But I watched them go through the process of how they became an American citizen, and it was tough. I mean, they had to take tests and do all kinds of things. Um, in this situation, you know, we've had two million, so we're gonna have two million legal immigrants come, and then we've had almost two million gotaways that Border Patrol is estimating didn't even like process through a border checkpoint. And then we've probably had another three to four million that have gotten here um, and been processed and been allowed in and are awaiting their, you know, their hearing, et cetera, for the, for the days to come. And every expert I see says that with the lifting of Title 42, that's, that number is just going to explode. Like, we're, we're, yeah. we have no idea how many more people are going to come. Yeah, no, it's, it's incredible. And we have to be really concerned because uh, although you may have individuals who are coming here for the right purpose, meaning they want to work hard, they want they want a pathway to citizenship. They want to become an American. Right, they want to be an American, right? They're, they're coming here because they heard about the American dream. Uh, there's also the element who are not coming here for that. They're coming here to smuggle in drugs, to commit crimes, yeah. uh, and that's the people that we need to weed out. Human traffickers, etc. All right, he's Imran, I'm Kevin. We've still got some really cool stuff to talk about, plus Esquire etiquette, don't go away.
Okay, folks, let's talk about court reporting. Would you like a career in the legal field making great money without having to go to law school? One that allows you the flexibility to choose where you work, for whom, and how frequently? Well, there's a high-powered and lucrative career that you really do need to know about, and it is court reporting. Court reporters and captioners are in higher demand than ever before. Court systems, schools, and television stations are all looking for these professionals to record and caption Everything from depositions to court cases to live events. The NCRA has partnered up with Plaza College to offer a free two-week virtual seminar that gives you a glimpse into the world of court reporting and captioning. The program is called A to Z and is being offered free and can be completed from the convenience of your home. Sign up today by emailing info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at plazacollege.edu. Info at plazacollege.edu. You. Diabetes, high blood pressure, anxiety meds, everyone's on them. If you're a 50-year-old male, maybe a bit porky, and you may even have type 2 diabetes, a million dollars of term insurance may only cost you about 200 bucks a month. Call Term Provider. Speak with Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Big Lou will find a term life policy for you even if you have type 2 diabetes, are overweight, or have high blood pressure. Term Provider has helped thousands of people like you who think they can't afford term life insurance. Insurance. To buy a million dollars of affordable term life for you, all you need to do is call Big Lou at 800-333-1750. Lou will make sure the scales are tipped in your favor. Call 800-333-1750. Big Lou will answer your call and work to fit you into a term life policy that you can afford. Remember, Big Lou's like you. He's on meds, too. Call 800-333-1750. 800-333-1750. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Hi, Kevin McCullough. What does the perfect wedding entail? Just you, the love of your life, your guests, and the iconic New York City skyline. Sound too good to be true? It's not. You can say, I do all with gorgeous views of the New York City skyline in the distance on board the Atlantis yacht of New York Cruises. Call 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today. New York Cruises is the premier unique wedding venue. They have a dedicated staff of experienced hospitality professionals who can provide you with wedding cruise event planning services every step of the way. Call 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today. Your guests will dine in style on the main deck, sky deck, and lounge deck with 360-degree views of the Manhattan skyline. The Atlantis of New York Cruises is the perfect venue for corporate events, weddings, engagement, and anniversary parties, reunions, retirement parties, birthdays, bar or bat mitzvahs, you name it. Call 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today or visit NewYorkCruises.com. America First with Sebastian Gorka. Weekday afternoons at 3 and evenings at 10 on AM 970. The Answer. And now, back to Radio Night Live. Here's Kevin McCullough. Why don't we get away to the ocean? There's no sweeter potion for Lottie. All right, Kevin McCullough and Imran Ansari on Legal Night. Glad to have you with us. Um, Imran, we were just talking about legal immigration and illegal immigration and what's going on with the, um, with the border and Title 42 being lifted and so forth. And one of the caveats that we've always allowed for asylum seekers to claim when they come is if you're seeking asylum, uh, your case is usually made better if you can prove that you've escaped what's called persecution or uh, you're escaping from what could be potential persecution that you can actually prove. You know, these people were trying to shoot me and here's the pictures of the bullet holes in my house and blah, blah, blah. I, right. I don't know that it has to be quite that uh, explicit, but you know what I'm saying. So there's this, there's this really wild story uh, that's out. I, I found it on Fox News and the, the Supreme Court has sided with an illegal immigrant in this particular case. But at, literally every single step of the ladder to the Supreme Court said no. And I mean starting from the, uh, from the lowest level of immigration officials to the lowest level court to the next uh, range of border officials to the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals. Just every single one said no, 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 no. 
you got to go back home. You, you haven't proven that you're in danger, blah, 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 blah. Right. Supreme Court comes out and goes nine to nothing. Nope, we believe you. <laughs> Ka-ching, yeah. you're in. Well, so what's the what's going on here? Yeah, so, so Kevin, she's not, she doesn't have the green light yet to actually uh, stay here legally. Okay, so I mis- misunderstood the Supreme Court's ruling. What, no, but what happened is that the lower courts uh, rejected her bid to appeal the lower decision, right? So there was a, a lower uh, court decision saying, nope, you got to go. You're, you're not entitled to asylum. Then she appealed that up. Uh, and again, they rejected her uh, ability to even keep appealing. What what happened was the decision allows her or him <laughs> to go down. Uh, <laughs> we hadn't gotten actually, to that part of the story yet, but yes. Right. They foreclosed her appellate process, let's just say that. Um, but now she's able to go back and appeal the rejections uh, of her bid to stay in the United States. So so I, I believe they're sending it back down. I'm not to sure. To the very original court? court? Uh, I it, most likely to the original court. I don't want to be I, I, I haven't read that, so I don't want to be wrong okay. uh, on that. But they're sending it back down for they're opening up a pathway for her to appeal the deportation order. OK, right. Well, that that so, is a little bit different than what I um, explained, obviously, because they don't they're not letting her stay. But here's and here's the other part that I didn't tell anybody listening. Um, this is a biological male that is saying he will be persecuted uh if he goes back to guatemala his home country and lives as a female which is what he wants to do he wants to live as a female even though he's biologically male so that and so basing their fear of persecution on that um could tani brown jackson said yeah you you can you can go get your appeals in uh based on um what imran just uh, explained to us which i found to be helpful um so having said that but the persecution principle is one of the legit ones that we do recognize in the asylum process yeah yeah so i mean essentially the supreme court uh i have some clarification now just uh checked it uh the ruling um dealt with whether a federal immigration law is flexible enough to allow uh this individual another chance at appealing uh and this also may make it easier uh, for other immigrants who are going to be challenging deportation orders in federal court uh, based on asylum. So now you put Title 42. All of a sudden, Title right. 42 goes away. All of a sudden, everybody that was like, no, I'm escaping COVID. Now they're all going to be transgendered. Right. Because <laughs> so like, yeah. you don't know, back in Honduras, I'm going to get beat up if I go back home. Right. Yep. So, it will, you know, Kevin, it, who knows what this is going to uh, lead to in terms of people doing anything, right? People get desperate to try to stay here uh, in order to try to make an, a pitch and an appeal to uh, stay in the country. So essentially, know, but you got title Imran, your own family desired more than anything to let you grow up in, in the freedom of America. And they did yeah. it right. And every time somebody does it not the right way, it prevents someone like you and your family from being able to get it done right. And it's right. I just uh, I. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Um, Pronoun immigration aside, uh, there's this one last story I got to ask you about. So there's this there's this there's this um, um, Hatfield and McCoy situation going on in Australia. You've got one family that just despises their neighbor and their neighbor doesn't seem to care much for them. Uh, The one family is vegan and the other family that lives next door to them loves to barbecue. So the barbecue makes smoke and it's been blowing the smoke over the vegans fence and they've been going back and forth on this. But this this last kind of round, uh, the vegan pens this nasty note. Uh, and and if, you, if you saw a picture of it, uh, it said enough is enough. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, last warning. Could you please shut your side window when cooking, please? My family are vegan. We only eat plant-based food. And it's really gotten... So my question is, Mr. Attorney, when does this kind of communication go from being neighborly to harassment? Because I see legal action coming in. I mean, call me crazy. I I see this going to court at some point in time. Yeah, possibly. Because listen, you know, I don't know the particular laws in uh, down under in Australia, 
right? Where uh, you let's say what's a, happening in New York. What, right. How would it be yeah. handled here? Sure. So let's say you want to put the uh, shrimp on the Barbie here back in the uh, you know in the states or uh, grill some kangaroo steaks, and your uh, your your next door neighbor's upset about that. Well, there is uh, so two things. The notes if they go back and forth, if they escalate to the point where one of those individuals are crossing the line in terms of harassment uh, or menacing, uh, then you know one of those uh, the individual who feels threatened could call the police. And say, listen, this is coming to a, a point where I actually feel threatened, and my physical safety uh, feel, uh, you know, I feel threatened for my my own safety uh, in terms of physical aspect or my family, and they could possibly press charges. Uh, of course, if there's a point where one of the individuals crosses the line, literally property line, that could lead to trespass uh, charges. It could lead to a whole slew of things. Then, on a civil aspect, Kevin. Yeah, um, you know, under uh, the law here in New York, you know, there's a a, a cause of action uh, for violation of one's ability to enjoy their own land, their own property, and that would be a tort of private nuisance. So, if this is coming to the point where you know one individual cannot enjoy the use of their own land. Uh, and it becomes a nuisance, uh, the acts of the neighbor, that could also be a civil lawsuit right there. But it sounds like the way this is going back and forth, it could be either one doing either one of them because the vegan's like, I don't want to smell meat and you're you're smoking stuff that's wafting into my in, into the enjoyment of my property. And the barbecuer is like going, get a grip, I'm just having a steak. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> it does seem like uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes, but yeah. it, it, seemed, it seems kind of interesting. Okay, coming back, final uh, few minutes with Esquire Etiquette. Don't go away. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Wish there was an easier way to navigate the world of real estate. If only there was a way to learn from the best. Well, now there is. Saturdays at 10, our very own Dottie Herman, Vice Chair of Douglas Elliman, gives you the inside track to what is hot in real estate. Stay one step ahead in today's seller's market as Dottie gives her tips on how to make it through the tricky waters. Doesn't matter if you're new to the game or a seasoned vet, you need to listen to Eye on Real Estate. Dottie and her team of experts will guide you as sellers and buyers to make sure you're getting the best value for your property. Whether you want to become a real estate agent or work within the business, there is no better person to learn from than the great Dottie Herman. Why? Because she is the best, period. <laughs> so tune in, Eye on Real Estate, Saturdays at 10 on AM 970, The Answer. That's Eye on Real Estate, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock on AM 970, The Answer. The only station in New York that doesn't hold back. AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Brandon Tatum is next on AM 970, The Answer. Once more, from New York, Radio Night Live, here's Kevin McCullough. All right, uh, final few minutes of Legal Night on this Thursday. And again, uh, Imran, it was fun seeing you today. Thanks for coming out. I know you're super busy. So is Arthur. The fact that ABK Law was uh, at our pastor's appreciation event, I just, it was really special for me to, for you guys to be there. So thanks for coming. This is your time to shine, my friend. What's the Esquire etiquette for uh, tonight? Okay, Kevin. So I'm going to just bounce off of we were just talking about uh, what is happening down in Australia. But let's say you find yourself. Uh, in a situation with a neighbor where they're either blasting their music at all different hours of the day or they're burning trash in their backyard and, and you get these noxious fumes wafting over uh, into your, your house or into your backyard. Well, you may have a cause of action or a lawsuit against that individual if they don't cease and desist with that, uh, with that behavior of private nuisance. So that's a tort, that's a civil claim uh, against another. And you know, the, the tort of private nuisance uh, may be found if you're able to show that your neighbor uh, is doing something that one, significantly interferes with your private enjoyment or use of your own land, uh, that that conduct is unreasonable or intentional, uh, or if it's reckless, 
uh, and you could essentially have a lawsuit and a successful lawsuit against your neighbor if those boxes are all checked. Um, because although each one of you have the ability to enjoy your own private property in a way uh, that you want, you can't do it to the extent that you're going to now interfere with your neighbor's ability to enjoy their property. See, I don't think that the vegan is ever gonna bother the barbecuer. And I think that if someone's burning trash in their yard, like I know that in right. our particular neighborhood, there's a there's ordinances against burning your trash. So that's that's just a criminal conduct. You just, you know, they'll shut that down. But can barbecuing like your burgers and dogs for your kid's birthday party, can that really be a nuisance to the I vegan see. living next door? Yeah, Kevin, I don't think so. I think that second prong I was just talking about, um, whether the conduct is unreasonable. Um, you know, is barbecuing uh, in your backyard, even if it bothers your vegan neighbor, unreasonable conduct? Not at all. What if the judge right? is vegan? <laughs> <laughs> then get that impossible meat out and start going back. <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, I, well, I understand that. Um, that is going to be because I, I, and we kind of laugh at that. But there's been some ruling sometimes where you kind of look at your, your head and go, "No, they couldn't have. They, they couldn't have gone there, possibly." Um, and you do have the argument that the barbecue throws smoke off and could right. waft into the vegan space. But are we so far down the the primrose path here, guys, that we can't we can't just allow our neighbor to enjoy their chicken, <laughs> their grilled right. chicken? Um, anyway, well, um, Imran, thank you for all of that. And if people have just joined us and they they really like your Esquire etiquette, give a give a plug to your show. It's coming up this Saturday. What you got on the big show this week? So this week, uh, we're going to be running uh, actually just the first episode again. So I should oh. tell you this, Kevin, you know, I'm traveling to Italy tomorrow, so I'm not going to be able to, to do the Saturday show. Um, but but that what was what was on yet. that episode in case people missed it? It was the intro episode uh, that where we really just gave uh, Mr. A, Dershowitz on that a, one. No, not that one. That was uh, that was a uh, the second show. But okay. when we gave the lay of the land uh, for the show, I had uh, my, Judge Leventhal and also Judge Cammons at my firm. Arthur was on the show. We just sort of gave a preview into uh, what we're going to be doing on that show on Saturdays uh, on WMCA, uh, which will be the legal lowdown with Imran Ansari. So I'll be back. But this, this week, I'll be in Italy. Saturday at noon. Check it out on AM 570, The Mission, our sister station. All right, Kevin McCullough saying so long from New York. It's Legal Night on Radio Night Live, sponsored by Plaza College. If you're looking for a lucrative career in court reporting and captioning, check out Plaza College. Go to plazacollege.edu. As a